When you hear the phrase, soft as steel, what do you think of? While the word steel might conjure up images such as massive high-rise buildings, where does the soft part come in? And what exactly does this mean in our work and in our lives? Welcome to the Soft as Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran, featuring engaging conversations with a wide range of industry leaders around soft skills, how we practice love, inclusion, social justice, and compassionate leadership that's everlasting in the workplace. And now, here's Dennis Duran. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. I've got a really interesting, humorous, practical, down-to-earth, authentic guest today. His name is Dominic Rubino. Dominic would say that he's a business owner. He's got a podcast of his own, which I had the pleasure that's right. The laughing pleasure, I might add, uh, as well as serious, being a guest on Dominic's podcast a bit ago. Yeah, it was episode 91. Yeah, so where are you now? What episode are you on now? Somewhere around 150, Yeah, maybe 160. Yes, and in other words, Dominic spends his time entirely with a microphone <laughs> next to me. Feels like it. Yeah. And again, even the way this conversation is starting indicates the feeling that he conveys when he talks to people. He's got a lot of experience in the construction industry, mm-hmm. but also in a more general sense, industry is industry, regardless of what adjective you use to describe it. He's enjoyed and has probably been of service to a lot of business owners as a coach, a consultant, other Otherwise, dealing with the matters of how you run a business and the hint that you might guess from his podcast title, Profit Tool Belt. That's right. So you can kind of get a hint about that. And right at the front end, I would strongly encourage you to visit and listen to some of the conversations he has because they're enjoyable to listen to and also educational. So you're here and I'm glad you're here. Dominic, welcome to the Softest Steel podcast. I love it. And congratulations on having this show. You did a great job on mine. And so it's no surprise that you're now on the other side of the microphone. Maybe you want to get me back. This might be a big amount of work to just get me in the yeah, hot seat. No, it's my preparation for this has been boundless <laughs> because I wanted to make sure that we had a productive conversation because we only have about 30 minutes. That's one sure. of the things that yeah. the good folks that are who helped me put this together and create the glitzy parts of it, if you will, suggested that we keep it to about 30 minutes because that's a lot of people's ride to work. And uh, if they got a longer ride, they can listen to more than one episode. So there you have it. That's what they do. Yeah. And you know, from, uh, you know, you did, and I appreciated the fact that you did. So you actually read my book before we talked. So you knew what I was all about then in terms of my interest, my message. And I'm happy to report to you as an opening thought that my mission hasn't changed. My message hasn't changed. I continue to feel very strongly that the qualities of people are what makes a difference in success in one's career and building one's business and also can contribute to individuals' happiness in life. And I think you subscribe to those notions pretty readily. I do. And actually, I stole one of your quotes. Oh. Took it. I now call it my own. (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't have admitted that. The lawyers will be knocking. Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Right. That's right. Yeah. This is not even imitation. This is a direct quote. Let's hear it. Let's see what I think of it. Well, buildings don't build themselves. People do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? I learned that on your interview. I would like to be able to say that that came out of my mouth, but actually came out of the mouth of one of my guests. Ah, See how it passes along? So you heard it from me, but I also had heard it from somebody else. So what does that make me? A serial stealer of quotes? Well, we're borrowing intellectual property. 
But really, it's about people yeah. and saying things that resonate with people. And if that passes along, that's great. That's what we need to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I obviously agree. Say more about your view. You know, again, I come at this, I can talk about a budget. I can talk about an estimate. I can talk about project management, blah, blah, blah. All our things are important in the construction industry, obviously, mm. as what I call the technical or hard skills aspects of being in the construction business. But you've heard me say it a number of times, including maybe I even said it in this conversation already. And that is that it's people's qualities that make a difference. Attitudes, everything. Yeah. I like to say it's not who you are or what you do. It's how you are with the people that you are involved with. Yeah. So what are your thoughts around the, this whole notion of people? You know, I've probably come to the same conclusion uh, as you have by just observing the people around. You know, every once in a while I get fooled as well. I, somebody comes across my desk and I, I need somebody with high technical skills. And I'm like, this person's got all the technical skills in the world. And it doesn't matter if they're a framer, a tile setter, a roof, doesn't matter, right? But they're a horrible person. <laughs> now, they're not horrible to themselves. Mm -hmm. It's just that they don't fit on our mm -hmm. team. Something about them doesn't jive with the team that I've got or the way that I run business. As you know, I like to goof around, but I'm also serious. Mm -hmm. Well, somebody that's always only serious might not fit on my team. And somebody that only goofs around might also not fit on my mm -hmm. team. But somebody that doesn't have the same, let's say family values as me, that's going to be friction. And so I always look for attitude over, you know, what you would call skills, which doesn't sound like it makes sense. But I want, everybody should look back at a time when they took a chance on a kid who showed up at the job site or at their shop, didn't even know how to read a tape measure but had a great attitude, mm -hmm. showed up on time, asked great questions, tried to learn as fast as they could. Nobody's perfect, right? And then think about bad attitude Andy, mm -hmm. who just creates drama and destruction everywhere they go. Mm -hmm. It takes you hours to undo them showing up at work. You know, mm -hmm. I would make the choice to hire the kid who can't read a tape measure first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. As long as he was willing to learn how to read a tape yeah, measure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, your description, you kind of just captured all with the, simply the, the phrase of, of, of attitude. But uh, your explanation is much more detailed. And you described a number of different qualities of a person um, that you just kind of all wrap under the banner of attitude, which I think is a great way to describe it. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, you know one of the things that, uh, that I like to say is that, uh, um, you know, the, the phrase or, or the, the phrase or thought that says, you know, so-and-so was a gr one of the best carpenters, finished carpenters we ever had, but, you know, and then you can fill in the blanks with anything you want. And it's, and it's not, but he, he really was, or yeah, he was fabulous. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, oh, you know, it's always yeah. the things that relate to how they were when they were doing what they do. Yeah. Technically fantastic, but. You can never put him with another guy in the truck. Yeah. yeah. Right? Technically great. Or if he showed up to work, technically great, except for the three days after payday <laughs> when he stops showing up. All, but all, you know, when we're trying to run a business, we're trying to, it's, it's just like running a team, you know, a football team, soccer, hockey team, doesn't matter what. That coach has to run a team of high, highly specialized players. But the attitude of those players is what makes for a winning team. Everybody else has got the same rule book. They have the same skills. They went to the same colleges. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the attitude that the coach is able to put in there and the culture that get, gets built, that's what makes the team win or, you know, mm -hmm. lose. Yeah. I think it's occurring to me, to me that how, how sensible and, and to the point uh, your use of the word attitude is. 
because uh, again, you're you could also say AKA soft skills. Right. You know, um, yeah, so, so I think I may I may from this point forward uh, use uh, interchangeably, but not not at the expense of my brand, of course. Well, it's all over your book. Soft it's, skills. Is, it's all there. Know. It's all there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. just had uh, an interesting experience uh, where I was asked to uh, conduct a uh, a uh, 90 minute uh, episode of my podcast with six mm. uh, industry leaders in front of an audience. Uh, so, uh, so we did that in Las Vegas a couple of weeks ago, and that was an interesting experience. That they'll, I'm chopping them up into three bites because again, it was 90 minutes. So, uh, they will be three episodes of my podcast coming up here in the sh- in the a fairly short time frame. Incredible conversation, uh, and, and you know, I have to say, and, and that's what that's what this is. Uh, yeah, again, uh, you know, again, it's, I think it's your style of communication as well. Uh, there, there's no highfalutin. You know, these are the ten questions I'm going to ask you. You better prepare for this or whatever. No, it's, uh, yeah. you know, I think there's, I think we don't, we meaning the the people generally in the construction industry, particularly of my generation, uh, don't spend enough time simply having a conversation with people. Uh, I don't have time for that. Yeah. You know, we got things to do, you know, don't you have someplace you need to be? It's, it's yeah. frustrating, and, isn't it? I mean, it really is. Cause that's what happens, right? How many times do I have to tell Jeremy dot, yeah. dot, dot. Yeah. And that, yeah, and that's, that's the old, it gets back to the basics of, you know, the, you know, one of the biggest problems in, in, in business and probably in life in general is misunderstanding. Uh, and, uh, you know, you tell Jeremy what you need him to do and he, and he just said, yeah, okay, I got it. And he walks away and, and then 15 minutes later, Jeremy is back and said, well, there, there was this one part, like, well, could you repeat everything you said to me 15 minutes ago? You know, and, it, and so it's all, it, it, you know, there's, there's not, we're not in a, in an industry that involves rocket science, um, uh, or anything close to it. It's a, it's a pretty straightforward industry as far when you think about it you know you, you dig a hole yeah. you put some stuff in the hole you start piling stuff on top of the hole until you get up to the top you put a lid on it you, know, you close it in and it's a building yeah i mean there's building science there's technology there's interlocking pieces there's different trades but yeah once you it, it, again again it comes down to those mm-hmm. does somebody want to be there and you know we've all hired the guy who's just there for a paycheck and for some people that's fine their whole life is about Doing a good day's work, getting home and coaching their kids baseball. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And we if we understand that, that's great. And I would love to have that person on my team, man or woman. But the person who's there to cause problems, and they might not think they're causing problems, but if they're if if their job or their role on my team is to drag us back, then I have to be the business owner and protect my team. And and now I sound like a football coach. Mm-hmm. You're a great player, you're just not our mm-hmm. player. Just yeah, you're gonna to have to go That's somewhere right. else. That's right. We're, we we got to let you go. We got to let you go. Yeah. Um, so you you mentioned at least a couple of times um, this this word which I use a lot, uh, and the word is relationships. Um, mm. You know, for my audience who listen to this podcast, give them, give them uh, Don Rabino's take on on relationships, what they're all about, why they're all about something, what they are, how important. You know, just everything your and all your wisdom around relationships. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting you ask the question because I don't think I've ever been asked it before, especially like this, but relationships would be the glue that holds a team together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. If we don't have, you know, earlier I mentioned a guy who you who's technically brilliant, but you can't put him on a crew with somebody else because nobody else can work mm-hmm. with him. 
they're just going to fight or there's going to, that's a, a lack of relationship skills with the guy. Now, we don't necessarily hire people for their relationship skills. We might hire them for their technical ability to do crown moldings or to shoot a line or to lay out, for, you know, lay out uh, framing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we need that relationship because there's going to be times they need somebody else to help them hold an outside wall or go get them. Something. There has to be that relationship, right? We can't teach that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, but as the owner of the company, I set the tone for the team. And so if I don't value relationships, they're not going to value relationships. Yeah. Because I set the tone. So no matter what, I can move them a little bit if they're movable. Mm -hmm. I can move them a bit by my attitude towards things, by having a brief conversation with them at least once a day, by talking to them, by telling great stories of other people who did great things in the company. So everybody knows, hey, this is the kind of thing we appreciate in the company. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about the role of the leader. Um, uh, and again, in your words, uh, how important is it for the leader to recognize the, the very simple uh, and practical idea that uh, as a leader, uh, everybody that they're involved with is listening to what they say and watching what they do and watching. Say, say yeah. what are your thoughts about that? It's it, it, my thought on it is it makes it hard. It's hard to be a leader, which is why so few people do it or want to do it, which is why you and I hear guys saying life was easier when it was just me and an apprentice. And I'm going back to that mm -hmm. because they don't want, and you know what? That's fine. It's better to understand what you want, but there's another saying that I learned as well, that it's only the best surfers that can ride the biggest waves, hmm. right? Yeah. And so if you're willing to go and take on that big wave, then you're going to be the best surfer. If you're willing to lead a bigger crew to take on bigger projects, then you have to step, step into that role. And it does mean relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a, a friend of mine from many years ago was an army ranger. The very, very, very pointy tip of the spear. Mm-hmm, Yeah. And, uh, you know, he can't talk too much about where he was or what he did, but it was some jungle work, I'll call it, jungle work that he was telling me about. Let's just call it jungle work. He goes, Dom, you think that it's, in the, uh, that it's a dictatorship when you're the leader of a crew of army rangers? He goes, it's not. It's a democracy. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, oops, a grenade went off behind me, and suddenly I can't move my legs. He goes, those things happen. Yeah. He goes, you've got a crew of highly trained guys, but you got to hold them together with relationships, with respect. Even though we have a very important job to do, and I think everybody listening knows what pointy tip of the spear means and jungle work means mm -hmm. and army ranger means. Mm -hmm. But even there where you think he just turns around and yells at guys, go jump over that hill or slide down into that river, that's not what it means. He has to think about his team and the relationships and how that's going to work, even though the mission has to get done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if, you're, if you're a leader, um, how do you relate to fear? as a leader like my own fear yeah. you you as, yeah, as, a constant as friend. in the role of leadership <laughs> it's, it's my shadow it's your shadow what yeah what what again with this one of the things i talked about this group of folks uh, a couple of weeks ago is about fear mm. what are your thoughts about that you know i i think i for myself i'll speak about myself i'm not going to do any textbook business coachy stuff for myself when i don't know what i'm doing or what's next i'll tell my team hey guys i'm not sure what this looks like, mm -hmm. but here's where I want to get to. Mm -hmm. You know, I can conquer it if I face it. If I run away from it or if I stick my head in the sand, it's going to, it's going to get me. But there is many times I'm in, I'm in a situation right now where I don't know where we're going on this one little piece of our business. And, uh, 
It's not that I'm afraid of it, but I don't, I don't actually know the steps between here and there. I know where I want to get to, but I have no idea what the steps are going to be. And so I'm just honest with my team. I can't fake it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. For our listeners, I, I should have said this more emphatically at the beginning of our conversation. That is that you are in business. You're running a business. You're not just you're not <laughs> you're not just like me sitting around doing podcasts. No. Well, I mean, there's, yeah. uh, uh, you know, you're doing more than that. But for yeah, for me, I've built and sold from scratch a bunch of businesses. I've had some like swan dive failures as well. Uh, and I'm running another business now. And uh, I think, and you probably recognize this in your own career and experience, we probably learn more from our mistakes than we do the successes. Absolutely. But the successes, they're always great to talk about. Yeah. The failures. Oh, yeah. You know, I, this doesn't, it, it only relates a little bit to what we're talking about. But one of my first construction-related businesses was I painted houses. I was a student at university. And there was this very cute girl on my crew. She was like... I think you already know where I'm going with this. Very cute. And I'm like, oh, she works for me. And I, 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 anyways, I came to work on Monday and we are all standing around the house and they're talking about a party they had that weekend. And she was the host of the party and I hadn't been invited. And that's when I went, oh, right. I'm the boss. I'm the boss. They sat around having beers talking about the boss and it wasn't, you know, I'd really like to date the boss. Right. <laughs> it right. was the boss. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, you just, so for me, I just said, all right, yeah, let's, we got a job to do, right? You got this side of the house, go scrape those windows and do this thing and off we go. But that was one of the first times I was like, oh yeah, that's right. There is a difference yeah. on the team. Yeah. And that's even, be, that, that's certainly even before we were talking about things like diversity and inclusion and uh, equality and not dating your employees dating your employees yeah yeah <laughs> i want to point out that i never did actually ask her I, I appreciate your clarifying on that but i think that our, our, our audience has been listening uh, very carefully to your wisdom and got yeah. that um so i brought up i used brought up three or four different terms uh that uh, that are all related to kind of the landscape of the construction industry as we see it now you know, if you take a step back, you look at just on a population basis that over half of the uh, population of working eligible working adults are female. Hmm. Uh, and uh, and there's some other interesting, you know, numbers that relate to that uh, in our industry. Uh, you know that the uh, that the uh, presence of uh, of just gen on a gender basis of females is a low single digit number. Um, and um, uh, and I think that's concerning. Uh, uh, I think I think broadening that to thinking about uh, ethnic backgrounds, racial differences, and, ex and all these other dimensions of diversity—the things that make us uh, every person unique in that sense—but by the same token, since they are different for everybody else they meet, that's something that they—I I would say—and I have said—and I'm saying now—it's <laughs> something they have in common. You know, so you know, the question is, how do we discover commonality despite our differences? So I put that question to you, Mr. Rubino. Yeah. I mean, the first thing is, is work, right? We have a task. We have a job. we got to build that, uh, those helical piles or that cabinet, whatever it is, right? So we have a task. We can talk about that. But the other thing that I need to talk about as the business owner is this business, what we're trying to do, like the customer we're trying to take care mm -hmm. of, what it means to be on our team and what the customer is looking for as an end product. So we already have some things to talk about that are common. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be some things that are different. You know, if you've got different cultures on a crew, that's definitely going to happen. Different life experiences, that's for sure going to happen. Men and women, that's for sure going to happen. 
And then it's my job to bring that team together. But, it, you know, it's no different, again, than a sports team. Mm-hmm. Think about a college football coach or a college hockey coach. He gets to choose his players, but they come from all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then he brings them together or she brings them together as a team. Mm-hmm. That's that's the goal, even though they have different experiences and different skills. Yeah, it's not what we, ex- you know, you think I'm going to be a business owner. Actually, I guess you don't think that. You think, hey, I'm going to go get that bigger job and I'm going to need to hire some more people to do that job. And that just keeps happening. And before you know it, you're building fly forms and high rises. Mm-hmm. But you started out as a, you know, doing slab foundations. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you find yourself growing because you just kept being that surfer who rode bigger waves. Along with that come the skills. And Dennis, this is what your book is about. You need those skills to grow the business. Where do you, th- where do you think the, the industry overall is from, from your perch with regards to uh, change uh, in this whole notion of, of, uh, the, of the uh, demographic profile of the industry, the workers? Where, where do you think mm-hmm. we are? You know, I've seen it change just even when I drive past a construction site. You know, I think we've always seen um, gender roles. You know, you've seen women doing flagging and things like that. But now I also see women with construction belts. I know they're on drywall crews. I know some tile setters. One of my guests on the show is a cabinet refinishing business. Mm -hmm. And they had, uh, I'm going to do the math. I'm going to try to remember the number. 91% of their staff was females. Hmm. And then as I look at, and I I deal a lot with cabinetry and architectural millwork because of one of the shows that I do. Uh, a lot of shops have women in those very detailed positions because women tend to be very good at those details mm-hmm. and are really good at managing multiple things, especially in a finishing department. Mm-hmm. And so that's a superpower, and you can use it there. And we're starting to see that more, I think, than we have before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I agree with you. I think you know some people would react to the, even the way you just discussed what they're good at. Uh, and uh, you know, if you weren't listening carefully and observing you know, the tone, you'd say, "Well, well he, he sounds like but... he's really not, uh, you know, that crazy about it." But uh, so that's the reason why. Uh, I don't get that, you of course. And, but but that's some folks. That's, listen, a leader's got to say some things and then apologize if they came across wrong. There you go. And I, yeah, if it came across wrong, I apologize. I'm just trying to say my point, and I'm not perfect. Yeah. Right. Do you, uh, I. Have you met anybody that's perfect? No. no yes. No, you have? Well, yes. I married her. Oh, gee. Uh, yeah. And, apparent, and I've been, I have been wrong ever since. <laughs> and, and what's... What, <laughs> she actually is awesome. What's her, what's her name? Deidre. Deidre, I'm sure that Dom yeah. is going to have you watch this video clip. Uh, he'll, he'll stop it before I say the things I'm saying right now. But... Uh, God bless for recognizing perfection. Yeah. But, you know, get- but you know what? Uh, sorry, Dennis, you're right, though. If I'm a leader, I, I still need to say things. A job's got to do. I'm not going to dance around the issue that uh, the, the mudding and taping wasn't done properly on this job. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, somebody's going to get offended. Yeah. Because they were the mudder and taper. Mm-hmm. And so did I say it in a way that wasn't right? Well, my relationship with them is going to hold it together. I'm going to Jeremy, listen, dude, I appreciate everything you do. But the mudding and taping on that job isn't going to pass. Mm-hmm. How do we fix that? How are you going to fix that? Mm-hmm. Instead of having one leadership style, which is yell at Jeremy. Right. Well, he's not going to come back. Why would right. he? Yeah, that's so true. 
and so important. Uh, you know, again, we, we've got uh, we've got several generations in our workforce now. Um, I mean, there's always been, but, but I'm just dealing with the the, the picture, the landscape as it is. Uh, the landscape as it is has some interesting generational differences, and those differences, you know, play a role in in uh, a person have, having or not having an interest in coming into our industry. Uh, and, uh, and whether they have that interest or not, if it's not, if it's not something in their basic fabric, um, setting aside the, the possibility that their father, grandfather, and three uncles are all in the trades, but if, but that's yeah. not, that's not the predominant situation. I mean, if you, if you were to poll individuals in apprenticeship programs in, in any of the trades, you're not going to find out that out of 10 apprentices, nine, you know, are legacies, you know, they're just there because their father is still on his knees, you know, putting tile down, um, and it's time for dad to get up and for me to get down on my knees. You, you see, you're not going to find that. What you're finding is, again, that, 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 that my generation, I don't think it's ours. I think you're, you're probably an Xer, I was, I'd imagine. I got some gray Yeah, a little here. bit of gray. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm hard of hearing. My vision's bad. You know, I stumble a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm very hard to understand. But, you know, I th you know what we're finding, I, I, and these are just my observation. I may be totally wrong about this. Uh, but what we're finding is that there there is something on a const in a constructive way to the notion that, that the generations have different experiences. Yeah, for sure. And different values. Uh, and and these newer generations, the ones who are relying on for, because the millennials are now solidly in middle management and some in, even in the C-suite of, of companies across our industry. Uh, the extras are right behind them. Uh, and then the ones that are a little bit younger are mo are moving rapidly. They're, they're, they're pushing back on the notion that in order for me to be able to be this or that in a trade, I've got to do, I've got to do X number of years. Uh, you know, they, 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 they don't, they don't quite get that idea. They, they, I think their thought is if I, if I demonstrate that I'm really good at this, uh, consistently, then that ought to win the day. Uh, because I, because I, I want to do well. I want to, I want to, I want to do the work. I'm not sitting here mm -hmm. pissing and moaning about the work. I want to do the work. Um, I want to do, do it basically how I was taught, but if I can get better at it more quickly, uh, without cutting corners, then why should I be held back? Because uh, you know, I want to, I want to give back, and that means I need time away from my job to do other things, and, and it just kind of goes on and on. Is that, is that, is my picture sound nutty, or is that about what you see? Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I think uh, a generation always complains about their kid, the, the generation of their children. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think at some point I wasn't around, but the hippies were the big problem. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, right, and the beatniks mm -hmm. were the problem. Well, now you know they're all in this older generation, right? It, it, everything moves forward. And, we're going to be fine. You know, to some of the young people, I, 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 younger than me, I'm in my mid fifties. That's hard to say. Well, it's yeah, easy to say. In it's fact, you're, you're, so you're, you're young enough that you could be my son. So, so move on. There you go. There you go. But, but I'm, I'm doing, you know, there's a company that I'm working with now. They're um, uh, a kitchen renovation company and their number two in charge guy is, had just turned 30. Mm. Right. And he looks the part of a guy who just turned 30. And you know what? He's a genius. Mm -hmm. He's fantastic. The best hire they could have made at this point in the growth of their business. When I met, when I started working with these guys, they were just around 1.1 million. We're aiming for 3.2 now. Wow. And the active conversation I had with these owners is if we hire this guy, he's our $4 million guy. He's the guy who can get us to four. And it, truthfully, I think he can get us past that. Mm -hmm. That's the mindset. And mm -hmm. the relationship and understanding you're hiring that person. So uh, it's not true for everybody because th they're slackers in every generation. Yes. But there's also winners in every generation. 
and they know how to use the tools and and uh, and they have different ways of building relationships and just is what it is we it's hard to find good people right now let's start with the right attitude and we'll teach them the skills which goes right back to how we start yeah 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 you know i think that a lot of people kind of sit back and kind of lull themselves into this kind of this whiny outlook you know and i had a fellow that did an economic outlook presentation for one of my association clients and he said something which initially was sounded like a lightning rod statement, but once he said a couple of other things, everybody said, you know, yeah, that's about right. And that is that there is no labor shortage. And not having the people you need has been a condition of our industry for generations. But we're focusing on that. What we really have is a lack of opportunity and a lack of a good story to tell people. Well, there you go. Yeah, why should I come to your team? I've got a job. If I need a McJob, I got a McJob. We're in our virtual last minute of this conversation. We probably could go on for hours. What do you say to someone, a young person, is going to go to college, period, hard stop? And you ask them the question, why? And they say, well, that's what one of my parents told me that I should do next. Mm. How do you tell them a story that may or may not be what you need to do? But let me tell you the story about another place that you can go. Yeah. And I'm referring, obviously, to the trades in the construction industry. What do you tell them to get them to, get them to take a look at it? Yeah. Well, listen, if they want to go to college, education in itself, we should always encourage. Mm -hmm. But let's say now they're done college. What do I do? I'm going to wait for that perfect job where I'm going to become a vice president of purchasing at some big company like immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not what you've got in this life. It's what you do with what you've got. Mm -hmm. It is 100% what you do with what you've got. And I see new immigrants all the time around me who are doing incredible things while other people around them are complaining that there's no opportunity. And by the way, they're complaining into their $2,000 laptop with their $1,000 phone at their side and a clean glass of drinking water beside them. (laughs) Yeah. You have more on the rest of the world than you understand. So kind of stop your whining. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So what do you do with what you got? It's really up to you, you know, and the relationships you form and the people that you're able to add value to. Because my job is to add value. Dennis, you added value to me on my podcast, episode 91, and I'm here to do the same. That's a relationship. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, if you're not sure you should go to college or get a trade, make the decision that makes you happy. But the other thing on that is in traffic, when you pull up to a Porsche next to you, a brand new Porsche 911, and you're driving your F-150 and you think, oh, that guy's got a Porsche. He's obviously got it made. No, he's got that thing financed and it costs <laughs> as much as your F-150 anyway. And he can't haul stuff in it. <laughs> and he can't, yeah, right. What can he carry? He can't even put his dog in there, right? Oh, yeah. But we get sucked into thinking that a suit and a tie and a nice car is the only thing in this world. How about a snowmobile and a boat? Yeah. How about the time to hug your wife and go hang out with your kids? Yeah. Which I'm not knocking the guy in the Porsche, but maybe he doesn't do that yeah. at all. Yeah, well said. Gosh, our time is up. Thank you for yours. Thanks. I mean, it just think folks will really enjoy listening to this conversation because it was very casual, but your thoughts and ideas are all practical, uh, understandable. Thank you. Genuine, authentic, you know, all the kinds of things I use to describe my impression of you at the beginning of this conversation. You did exactly that. So thank you for sharing this time with me. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And if anybody wants to hear more, Dennis, episode 91, you talked about people skills and soft skills. I did. Yeah. And it's up on my website, so they can find your podcast on my website. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, And, And I'll remind them as we close that your podcast is called A Profit Tool Belt. That's right. The profit tool belt. My buddies like to make fun of me and they call it the pro fit tool belt. And they think I sell 
construction aprons. I'm like, no, <laughs> guys, profit, profit tool belts. Well, yeah, there have been some great comedy skits around that kind of uh, mispronunciation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, good. Thank you so much, Don. Thanks, Dennis. Good to see you. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Softest Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran. Dennis is the author of Softest Steel and a leading speaker and trainer for organizations across many industries and verticals. To learn more about the work Dennis is doing to activate soft skills in the workplace, contact him at DennisDuranSpeaking.com. Be sure to check out his book, Softest Steel, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. And please remember to share this episode with your friends, colleagues, and anyone you feel would benefit from the conversation. We'll see you next time on the Softest Steel Podcast with Dennis Duran. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.